This podcast replay is brought to you by Sloman's Home Security. The first 40 big O listeners right now, dial 1-800-ALARM-ME. We'll get this limited time offer, a free doorbell camera that connects directly to your smartphone with installation of your Sloman's Shield. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. All right, all right, all right. How you doing, baby? How's uh, Indianapolis? Uh, how's the shrimp cocktail? Going to get the shrimp cocktail tonight. Uh, it's been good. Nice. And uh, I'm my body is is paying a steep price for this trip, but uh, we're we're getting it done. It kind of goes with the territory because the it night the good. nights are long, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, to open up, I'm going to stay consistent as a mofo uh, because um, you know yesterday I reacted to the Dolphins getting an A and all that bullshit and all that stuff, and I said, "Hey, man, it's fantastic." You created a nice little creature comfort culture for the players. Right. But in the end, you got to win. Winning is what really is all. And, and so I, I, I turned to my partner in crime here, Sean Stanley, the executive producer of this show. And I said, Sean, buddy, I'm going to give you a sweet seat. You're going to be sitting in a suite at Hard Rock Stadium. I'm going to give you a, a chance to, you know, check out the Hurricanes last year to watch them. Now I'm also going to give you a seat in the end zone, okay? First level, I'm not going to put you in the second level. I'm going to put you in the first level, right under the second level of the Orange Bowl in 1991. Where? When water falls on you there, Matt, you're not sure it's water or urine. When you go to the bathrooms, well, there could be a woman actually taking a dump in one of your urinals. You have to make a line to get a beer. Be ready to make a line of about 400 people. You need to take the elevator. It's going to take five minutes to go up. So let me ask you, Joe Fan, where do you want to be? Do you want to watch the 91 Canes in a place where you could get blocked because you parked in Pepe or Juan's yard, and they tell you no blocky blocky, but that too many cars came and they paid, and you got blocky blocky. So now after the game, you got another two hours to wait. But you got to see Melvin Bratton and Jerome Brown and Vinny Testaverde and and uh, and uh, what's it called? Uh, all these guys, Steve Walsh and everybody, win titles. So what, you want to see the Canes lose to Georgia Tech and Middle Tennessee State and struggle and lose to FIU in the creature comforts? Or do you want to be in a situation where, damn, it's ugly? And, and, then, and then here's what I said to everybody also. I said, oh, by the way, um, we all want to go to Kansas City. Do any of us say we want to go to Kansas City because the stadium's comfortable? No, actually, we don't. We actually say because it's one of the one of the true classic stadiums left. They have the culture. They have the barbecue outside. They win, and if you're a if you appreciate the NFL, you I get it. Inside your division, you want to hate everybody, but outside of your division, you still have to admire people that do things the right way on the field. And so, boom, there you go. You got that. We never talk about the Kansas City facilities. We know it's an old stadium, but if you tell somebody you went to Lambeau or you went to Arrowhead, they're going to go, wow, dude, that's freaking cool. Because a couple of years ago before the Rams moved out, I made sure I went to L.A. and I saw a Rams-Seahawks game. And I thought it was cool that I was at, and the place is a dump, but I was there at that stadium. Okay, that's cool. That's, to me, this is just media created garbage 
to try to ride or ride positively or negatively when I think in the end the hunts are like, oh yeah, we got to improve this, that. Hey, uh, you guys want to check out our trophy case? Yeah, I don't think they care. Yeah, it's like I said, we have a slide in our facility, the Dolphins. And the Kansas City Chiefs have uh, trophy cases. And they have Lombardis. Which one do you want? You know what I mean? So in the end, this is just a load of shit, to be quite honest. I, um, I would say, first of all, to answer your question about which Canes team I'd like to see. <laughs> um, no, it's not the, so, just the Canes team. The yeah. environment that you're in, too, by the way, okay? Right. Just- no, I get So, listen, I, I have a perfect answer for this because I, I can answer it with experience. I am a New Jersey Devils fan in hockey, and they play in a stadium now known as the Prudential Center or the Rock in Newark, and that stadium is gorgeous. I mean, that is one of the nicest buildings you could ever be in. Every bell and whistle in it, great food, million different options, every beer you could think of on tap. And guess what? Since they've played there, they've largely sucked. Okay. And I don't care that the stadium's really nice because they suck most years. Now they're like at least moderately respectable. Dude, you sound like an Islanders fan talking about Nassau Coliseum. That stadium. Have you ever been to Nassau Coliseum? No, never have. But I, but but the, oh. it's, it's legend, dude. <laughs> there, so the Nassau Coliseum, when you walk in, because I have seen Islanders games there, you walk in, it's just a big bowl, and there's no like upper and lower deck. I mean, it just it just is what it is, right? Yeah. It's just straight up. Yeah. So people, toward the end of the life of that stadium, the the bathrooms there weren't enough, and like you just, I mean, you'd sit there for forty five minutes waiting to take a leak. People would just walk outside the stadium doors and just take a leak, like just on the asphalt, and then just walk back in. Like that was that was Nassau Coliseum. But to my point, so when the but, Devils were, but when real, you talk to an Islanders fan, oh, they what, thrilled to death. That they, was what, their place. They, they swear by that place, the environment, yes. the culture, the winning, all that kind of crap. And in the end, just like players, like fans, put me in the fucking orange bowl. Any day of the week because the product in the Orange Bowl was superior, right. bro. Come on. And it's it, look, my whole point about the Devils was like when I was a kid, they played in the Meadowlands in, in Continental Airlines Arena. That place smelled like urine. And the the best food you were getting was like a two-day-old pretzel and maybe like a Carvel ice cream cone, if you were lucky. And half the time they were out of ice cream. That place was atrocious. And yet I have nothing but fond memories of it because all they did was win Stanley Cups. Like, every time I went there, they won. So I'm with you 100%, man. That place, I mean, you want to talk about having no frills? That thing was a bunker. But, like, didn't matter. They were winning. It was great. It was loud. It was fun. So I'm with you 100%, man. I think, like, look, the players certainly want to be I also think some of this stuff, though, too, like some of the complaints in there, you look at it and you're like, some of those are valid. Okay, fine. Some of them also are like, well, you know, we don't get free daycare. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't get free daycare. <laughs> like, how many people? I mean, and also, like, let's be real, man. Can you not afford it? Exactly. Please give me a break. The Chargers could give daycare. I'm not defending the Chargers. But, like, that's the big issue. Like, I, I mean, it's just like that's, that seems like a minor thing that is now being like, oh, the Chargers are a terrible franchise. There's a lot of things to poke fun at the Chargers for. You, you want this Chargers, or do you want me to put you Jack Murphy with Air Coriel? Right. You, let's go. Let's go, Charger fan. Do you do you want to be in this beautiful stadium with that product, 
or do you want Air Coriel and Chuck Muncie and John Jefferson and and Joyner and and uh, and Kellen Winslow and uh, and Dan Fouts and you, do you want to watch that instead? And uh, in at Jack Murphy, by the way, go ahead, old ass stadium, cookie cutter stadium that was all over the country, the same kind of stadium that everybody built in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati yeah. and all those kind of places. There you go. Would you want that? Every Charger fan will say, screw. Uh, where, where is it? Not Burbank. They're in uh, Inglewood. Screw oh, Inglewood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, screw Inglewood. Get me back to Jack Murphy. And come on, dude. It, yeah. It's the same thing. It's just This is just media crap. Uh, in the end, you know, here's the other point I made. Okay? You know, years ago, there were a bunch of guys that made money for the Dolphins off of one guy. And so it was Kenny Mixon, it was Lorenzo Bromel, it was Trace Armstrong got a big deal from the Oakland Raiders, it was Adewale Agunlier went and got a deal from, from Chicago. Do you know why? They were playing opposite of Jason freaking Taylor. Right. So right. when you're a player, who gives a shit about the facility? Bro, I'm playing with Mahomes. Who gives a shit about the yeah. facility? I'm playing with Chris Jones. Bro, who gives a shit about the facility? I'm playing with Travis Kelsey. Who gives a shit about the facility? I'm playing with Bird. I'm playing with McDuffie. Uh, man, I'm a football player, and I get to play with these other guys. This will elevate my game. This I get to play for Andy freaking Reed. Brother, that's what this is all about, dude. Okay? And that's what the fan is at the same time. I get to go see Canes of the 80s and 90s. Not the crap that I'm watching now. I don't care where you put me, dude. You know what I'm saying? And so... Yeah. It's, it, you're a hypocrite if you think this is important when, as a fan, you don't really care about the facility in the end. You really care more about the product that's on the ice, on the court, on the field, on the pitch, whatever the hell it is, dude. Do you want to watch the Miami Fusion back in the day with Digital Takawita, or do you want to watch Inter-Miami with Messi? Oh, I don't know. You tell me. You know, this, the seat isn't any more comfortable in either of the stadiums. You know, I think it's more about Messi. I think it's more about Jason Taylor. I think it's more about Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes, please, dude. Come on, enough of this. Well, and I think, look, I mean, this is really about how the players feel and all this stuff. And I think the, the reality of it is, I mean, is this really hurting anybody in terms of, like, signing a free agent? Oh, I mean, are they, like, are you like, listen, I'd go there. But that practice facility locker room is, is not great. So, um, I mean, if that's the case, and you're probably not a winning football player, right? I mean, you're probably not that concerned about the right things. So I think a lot of this is just to, like, I, I thought the, the, the only thing I thought about that, that survey that I cared about, I thought it was hilarious that Josh McDaniels was the lowest graded head coach and the man's not even a head coach anymore. Like, just thrown under every single tire of the 18 wheel. <laughs> it's like... It's like, yeah, how else can we dump on Josh McDaniel? This would be good. We'll do we'll do it this way. Um, no, I listen, you certainly rather be toward the top of the survey than the bottom. Of but course, at the same but... future, like I think, look, if you're a team and you can improve everything, uh, you know, that, that's being nicked and and, and and criticized, sure, great, do it. But I don't like, do I think that these teams toward the bottom that are winning are gonna run out and just spend twenty million dollars to upgrade it? No, they won't, because that's just not that's not reality. But but, you know, here's the funny part. Yeah. When the hell have we ever looked at the Hunt family negatively? 
the hell are you talking about, dude? This is like one of the pillars of the NFL history. They, the man created the AFL. And right. we only look at them elites. Why? Because it's the same way you look at the Roonies. Because more often than not, what's on the field, they're doing it right more often than not. Even in years that they may not have been the best, they were still respectable. They were still competitive at times. They were still doing things the right way. And, and, and even around, whether it's the stadium and the fans and everything else, it's all, it, there's a symbiotic connection that, that you should be jealous if you're in Atlanta because you don't have it, you don't possess it. And in Tampa, you only possess it when you're winning, and then when you're not, you just dump them. Whereas in Kansas City, it's always there no matter what. And that stadium has been that stadium forever. So please, dude, it's just, it's just one of these things that it's just so ridiculous because it's really all about the product on the field in the end. really is. Come on. It's also it's funny too. As that survey was being released, the Chiefs were announcing eight hundred million dollars in renovations at Arrowhead. Right. <laughs> so like you have I mean, I granted five hundred million is coming from taxpayers, but uh they they are uh essentially like refurbishing the stadium. They're gonna have like a, a patio area basically behind the end zones where fans can sit and you know, whatever, all, all this modernized garbage. Um but uh hey, listen, you know it's what the just, bottom it's line, just a list, dude. You come out with the list, and the team at the bottom just won three out of five years. Is it three out of five? Right? Yes. Three, out of, three out of, you know, it, it, it's just kind of like, it, sh it shatters it. You know what I'm saying? It just shatters it yeah. because every player is going to say, no, hell yeah, I want to go. You guys are paying me? I'm going to Kansas City. Let's go. They win. And that's all they care about, dude. So it's just ridiculous. Uh, by the way. For uh, betting purposes, help me out. Who's going to be the number two QB taken? You know, that's a great question. I was just talking about this with somebody else. I I don't think there's any consensus, really. I mean, I bet if you lined up 20 personnel department members and said, hey, give me your thoughts, I bet it's like 12-8 or 11-9. I still think that right now Drake May is that guy, but like – Jane Daniels is a freak show athletically, and that more and more is vaulting guys toward the top. Used to be years ago, well, you know, yeah, athletically is amazing, but maybe a little raw, and that would kind of freak people out. Now it's almost the opposite. It's like, yeah, I'll just take the athletic, the athletic guy. And that's not to say, by the way, Daniels isn't a hell of a quarterback. He obviously is, but it's just he has more – I mean, if he goes into the league and is starting right away, which he will be, how many guys are more athletic than him at the quarterback position? Lamar and who? I mean, you know, Justin Fields maybe? Like, it's it's not a long list. So, uh, I personally really like him. Like, I would probably take him at two, but I think it's split right now. I think May still probably has a little advantage with some. Uh, but it really, listen, ultimately it's not going to matter. Who's Washington like? And uh, that, that process has a long way to go. Yeah, and, and Jaden, I think what helps him is he he's – he's improved his accuracy throughout his career. So mm -hmm. I think that that's definitely going to help him out. And are you, are you hearing who is excelling in interviews and maybe who's bombing out in interviews? You know, a lot of that's still just kind of wrapping with some of these positions. And, and I think, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see, you know, what the fallout is, so to speak. You know, I think, the one thing that has been really interesting being here in Indianapolis is a lot of talk about the fact 
that this draft class, you know, there hasn't been that big story out of it. You remember last year, Jalen Carter was that massive story, right? That everybody the whole week, you know, what's going on with Jalen Carter? And, I, and there's always it always seems either because of an off-field thing or a medical thing that there's that one player or two players, you're like, yeah, that guy's in the story. There hasn't been that story this year. There hasn't been the guy who, you know, quietly people are like, yeah, he really was a disaster in one-on-ones or this guy's medical is a train wreck. Like that, that has not happened this year. So I think the, for me, the most interesting story is, and I wrote this in our, in our uh, notebook today. Uh, I think, I think it's up right now. Um, one thing I've talked to around the league with some people is there's a thought that the first 10 players in this draft could all be offensive players. That has never happened since the AFL NFL merger. And I think you're, look, you're basically guaranteed barring injury to have three quarterbacks in the first 10 picks, three receivers in the first 10 picks. You might get JJ McCarthy in the first 10 picks. You, you you're you're going to get all that of Notre Dame the left tackle in the first round or in the first 10 picks. Do you see round. McCarthy as a top 10 player? Is that something? Yeah, I, I don't, but I'll tell you what, okay. that is one thing. And there's a lot of steam about that, that he is going to be is it the fourth more, quarterback it, off the board and that he is going to at worst be top 12 or 13, but a lot of people think he's going to be a top 10. Wow. Smokescreen? I don't know, man. I mean, at first I kind of thought it was, but then like you hear it everywhere. Like these teams, these personnel evaluators are like, no, he's really, really good. And I, the year of Johnny Manziel, I kind of heard the same thing. There were people that would come up to me and say, oh, no, but he's got a 70% completion percentage from the pocket. And, yeah. and I was like, it, it, it's still, you know, backyard football. It's still not really structured football. And, and, uh, and, and there was a little bit of that, that, that drug happened with Johnny Manziel that year. And I, was, I wasn't one. And again, those people know way more than I do, but I was never on the Manziel bandwagon. And then this guy, I kind of see maybe a backup, maybe a mediocre starter or something, but maybe I'm wrong. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of people love him. And I think it's interesting. Like, if you look at he and Jaden Daniels, and I think everybody agrees Jaden Daniels is ahead of him. I don't think there's any argument about that. Yeah. Jaden Daniels started at ASU at Arizona State, yeah. was there for three years, it was nondescript. I mean, it wasn't wasn't terrible. But I mean, his freshman year, his true freshman year, he actually threw 17 touchdowns, two picks. But, like, next couple of years, nothing crazy. Goes to LSU. You know, it's fine. He's a good player. But then last year, explodes. You know, 3,800 yards, 40 touchdowns, four picks. Obviously, ran for a, mi- a million yards. And then you go to McCarthy, and you're like, okay, he's a freshman, barely played. Sophomore year, 22 touchdowns, five picks, 2,700 yards passing. Um, not not much in the way of rushing. And then last year, 2,900, almost 3,000, 22 touchdowns and four picks. It's like, look, I'm not killing that. But like, are you going to spend the top 10 pick on that guy? Like, I would have serious reservations in doing that. But talking to people around here, I think it's trending that way. I do. Now, the other question is, does, does Fields go to Atlanta, which is the other thing everybody thinks is going to happen. If he goes to Atlanta – then who's taking it? Like, does, does Denver trade up? Do the Raiders trade up? Does a team behind one of them trade up? I mean, because then you got Penix and Knicks, so I think everybody's kind of off of compared to McCarthy. So it's, it's a very interesting uh, dichotomy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nicole Hardman, interesting story. I don't know what's true or not, if he gave up uh, game plans and all that kind of stuff against – 
Kansas City and everything, even though they played really well in that game. So I, I either either Kansas City really doesn't know how to decipher game plans or something. I don't know. But uh, and then the whole uh, come get me stuff. And uh, so what do you? How do you look at this whole Nicole Hardman thing? Because you know the Jets. It's hard for me to take and have any credibility there where he doesn't have any problem in Kansas City, but yet the Jets. So walk me through it. What do you know? Um, I had an NFL player text me this morning out of nowhere and just say this whole thing with McCall Hardman, the exact exact quote was just bullshit, Um, which, you know, I said, okay, well, why do you feel that way? He's like, because nobody's leaking game plans in the NFL. And he's like, and by the way, he's like the idea that he leaked the game plan of the Eagles and the Chiefs game, he's like, they played the Chiefs. To the to the wire, the and they beat. And he's like, they beat Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> well, that was Wilson's best game of his career against know, Kansas City. The best game he's ever played was that game. I think so, look, the Jets right now. I, I got to tell you, like, and this is just a personal opinion, but like, you get Sauce Gardner tweeting out all kinds of stuff and deleting all kinds of stuff, and you get the Jets are that team right now in the NFL. That are, they're just a picture of dysfunction. Right. They are. I, I, there's just okay. no other way. And it's in the and, and as it often is, and you know this as well as anybody, as it often is, it's from the top down. Right. From ownership on down, like it's just dysfunction. Right. And now that Daniel Snyder's not in Washington, like they're actually seemingly starting to clean it up there. But like you look at the Jets, it's dysfunction everywhere. Yeah. Sobla's had to do and redo press conferences in the past. Woody Johnson's Woody Johnson and has been forever. Like we, I was at Joe Douglas's presser. Solid didn't do it; it wasn't here. Like Douglas was fine, but yeah, you know, didn't really say anything. It was, it was very much a. You know, it, it was a. You have the you have the Salah Joe Benigno. Oh yeah, that, that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, just everything. It's like the idea. Look, I'm sure McCall Hardman was, was pissed at the way everything went down, but the idea that he was just selling off game plans is is insane. Like I, I, I would love to see proof of that. That would be if he did it. That's one of the great scandals of all time in the NFL. I uh, have a very hard time. And by the way, like, what would be his motivation giving it to the Eagles? Like, what is the motivation there? Like, the Chiefs, okay, like, it's just, it's it's very bizarre. It's very, very bizarre. Yeah, I, uh, I, I find it to be kind of horse crap, to be honest. And that's because the Jets are involved. And the Jets are not a franchise that has earned any kind of credibility whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. And so, uh, uh, unfortunately, I have to give Nicole Hardman the benefit of the doubt here because he's part of a great organization, and he's been there twice now. So if they brought him back a second time, they must like him. They must, they must at least say, all right, you know what, we, this guy's all right for us. So I'm going yep. to go on the Nicole side. I, I just found it to be, you know, buffoonery. Uh, what are you working on on Sports Illustrated, my brother? So uh, I have my notebook uh, that went up today. I had one on Tuesday. I'm also writing a feature um, on uh, something that is more ridiculous here. There's a Taco Bell that's uh, that's open pretty much all night long and has a full bar and uh, a nightclub area. And I'm writing a feature about it because that's kind of professional work to get out of me at Sports Illustrated. Nice. Um, and then I am uh, breaking down. I've been living moss at 3 a.m. And I got to tell you, it is a sight to behold. Um so doing that, that's been fun. Uh, and then, although uh, I've seen a, a a club kind of break out 
at two in the morning at Steak and Shake at times. Oh, yeah. You know, people are kind of liquored up. Oh, and, they're, yeah. and they're still kind of dancing while they're waiting for their burgers and stuff. So I've kind of seen that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also Sorry. saw I also saw an NFL executive. No, I will never tell you who it is. So don't start texting me or whatever. I saw an NFL executive who was so drunk that he had a big woman come up to ask him for what what, what does he want in his order? And, well, he grabbed her big hooters. And, uh, yeah, that was – uh, that was about 20 years ago, and that was a, a really funny scene. Uh, the cops actually, like, talked her out of pressing charges, basically. But uh, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not great. But, yeah, it's uh, – so we got all that going on. And then uh, just full wall-to-wall coverage. Free agency coming up, man. The next couple of weeks is going to be pretty much all it is. I didn't blame them either. They were huge. Follow them on Twitter at Matt Verderam and catch his work there at Sports Illustrated. Matt? We will catch up next week, my friend. Safe travels and uh, get back some energy. All right. Thanks, guys. Take you care. Got it. There you go. Matt Verderan, baby. Follow him on Twitter and make sure you catch his work there at Sports Illustrated.